and welcome to another episode of Dancer Talks. My name is McCall Sheets and I'll be your host. Today I have an exciting episode for you featuring Artist Climate Collective. I spoke with the co-founder of Artist Climate Collective, Madeline Bess, and we talked all about the organization and how you can become a more sustainable dancer. The Artist Climate Collective is a collective of dance artists dedicated to using art as a tool to grow environmental awareness, share resources, and build community as we fight for a more sustainable future. In a few seconds, I'll show you a little trailer of one of Artist Climate Collective's amazing dance films. We'll learn more about the organization during the interview, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. journey and what brought you to where you are today? Sure. So I went to school at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet School in Canada and then my professional career began at a small company outside of Atlanta in Georgia. From there I danced with Eugene Ballet in Oregon and after about four years there I decided to come to New York City to freelance a bit while my visa was being processed to dance in a company in northern China, Harbin Ballet. I was there for about one season and then I just got back in July and I just got back to New York where I will be doing some freelancing and yeah. Amazing! Well, we, actually it's a funny story of how we met. So I was contacting you about meeting and setting up a podcast interview and then we were in the middle of emailing and you said, oh, I'm not available until this date. And I thought, wow, that actually works so well with me because I'm not available until that date either. Turns out we were both in Italy. Unavailable at, for the same reasons. Yes, we were both in Italy at Orsolina, which is um, this amazing dance workshop that you get to work with great choreographers in this kind of nature setting. And we were sitting at the dinner table, and we introduced each other, and we realized, oh my gosh. We'd already we've been, met <laughs> Yeah, we've been emailing each other, so that's pretty funny. So, yeah. So what, how, how did this start? How did Artist Climate Collective start? Well, Artist Climate Collective started um, in the pandemic when... Um, there's a lot going on in the world um, with the pandemic, but also with a lot of social justice inequalities that were really present in our lives, and the environmental crisis was just present around us. And um, my friend Charlotte and Keaton 
and I, we all just kind of felt this, this need to do something more. And so we wanted to create something that was in line with protecting the environment and something that we knew, which was art and dance. And so that's how Artist Climate Collective kind of came to be. Charlotte had the original vision of a performance in like an outdoor space. And from that vision, we kind of fine tuned things and made it something tangible. And we started doing like smaller fundraisers and our big project was to do a dance film that first year. And um, and we successfully did that. We made a dance uh, film festival kind of thing where we included different dance films and arts films from artists all over the world. Yeah, those are pretty amazing. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to make that happen and a lot of learning and growth because none of us had ever facilitated anything like that before. Yeah, well, looking at the website and watching some of the trailers for the films, they're so incredible and just the details behind it and how it all came together is amazing. How did you, how, what was it like working with artists from around the world to create your vision? <laughs> um. It was, it was really great being able to work with so many different artists and in so many different places. I think if Keaton, Charlotte, and I had all been in one location, it would have been harder to get such a far reach of choreographers, dancers, videographers. But because we were all based in different locations, it just it allowed us to go further than what we'd be able to do if we were all together. And it was it was great like each of us had some different people that we thought of that would be great to bring on for the film and from them we were able to find dancers and yeah it's, it was really exciting so can you tell um the listeners and viewers a little bit more about who the dancers were where they were based and what um, exactly they were doing yeah so our film art to action the goal was to commission choreographic pieces or art pieces that spoke to the environmental crisis. And we gave each choreographer a lot of freedom in what that could mean. And it was really great to see how they each interpreted on their own. And so we had a few different pieces that first year. One of them was based out of Winnipeg and that was actually the school that Keaton and I went to. And it was a piece that I had performed in the David Suzuki Blue Dot Tour called X Years. And its first or its creation was made with sustainability in mind and kind of viewing the world after a tragedy and kind of seeing nature for the first time or maybe never having seen it before and experiencing it for the first time. So that was a piece that was created for stage and then it got revamped um, on the aspirants in the Royal Winnipeg Ballet School by its creator, Philippe Alexander Jacques, and he created it and filmed it in an outdoor space, and it was really beautiful to see the evolution of that piece. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see something go from stage to outdoors, because um, there's just so much more freedom in it, and also just, I feel like maybe just hearing the vision of the piece, mm -hmm. it sounds like it was meant to be outdoors, meant to be in nature. Yeah, and I think something that we really wanted to portray in the films was that it's not a piece on stage being filmed from the stage. Because I think 
in dance, when filmed in a stage setting, you can lose a lot of how it's meant to be interpreted. But we really wanted to use the video element to create something in addition to just the dance. And I think that was a great example of it working out really well because it didn't look like it had been meant for the stage. It looked like it was set in the space. Yeah, it definitely, from what I saw, looked like it, it looked both like um, media art, visual art, video art, but also dance art. And it was kind of like being there in person and being able to walk around kind of like a gallery. That's what I love about how when people make films like that, as um, opposed to when you're just watching it flat, it's kind of like 2D. Yeah. It's kind of like seeing, I don't know, something through a window. But when you're actually when they actually move around and you get to see different angles, that's mm -hmm. what makes it amazing. Yeah, and I think each film that we created really encompassed that strongly. So in addition to the piece based out of Winnipeg, we also had a piece by Emma Rubinowitz, who was based out of San Francisco, and she created a piece for our second art to action film. And then we had a piece by Leland Charles out of Columbus, Ohio. We also had a piece by Darian Kane out of Atlanta, Georgia, and then she is also a repeat choreographer our second year. And then we had a piece based out of Manhattan, and that was with a cellist and filmed by cool. um, Alana Campbell. And then there was also a dancer in that as well. But it was less about the choreography and more kind of about the filming, the artistry, and the dance, and the connection with the music. And then our first year, we also had a poet, uh, Shemont. He created a, a spoken word poem and videoed it for our film as well. It's amazing. Yeah, we were really fortunate to be able to connect with so many great artists and just involve so many dancers. And one of the things that we were really proud of is we were able to pay everyone who was involved in the project. Um, we'd obviously like to pay everyone more, but we wanted to make sure that everyone involved was fairly compensated because I feel like in the dance world there is a lot of unpaid labor and we wanted to make sure that we recognize all of the artists for their talent and their worth. Yeah, that's really awesome and it makes it more impactful when it's such a great cause and then also the dancers are feeling like they're appreciated and doing the work for this cause and then it makes, it's kind of like a full circle thing where everyone feels like, oh my gosh, this is a great experience. So I have another question for you. How did you raise the money to pay the dancers and then also do you collaborate with um, I think I saw somewhere where you donated funds uh, to environmental organizations mm -hmm. and can you talk a little bit about that as well and which organizations and maybe which one is your favorite? Sure. Before our films, we, we raise money throughout the year for our films. So we have some donation campaigns where the funds go directly to the film and then we also have some, time, uh, some projects that we collaborate with different artists and part of the funds go to the film, part of the funds go to uh, compensate their work. But th the film has was primarily supported by uh, individual donations. We have applied for grants and received some grants, but especially in our first few years, we are very much relying on people's generous donations, which have really made a huge difference in what we're able to do.
Um, and yes, yeah, so one of the reasons we rely so much on donations is because all of the ticket sales from our Art to Action films get donated to three different um, nonprofits that do on the ground <coughs> fighting for climate change. So the first group that we have is called Grid Alternatives. They do solar panel installation in different communities, lots of marginal, marginalized communities or communities that are impacted directly by the negative impacts of climate change. And they do a lot of work with community involvement to teach people how to do installations as well. Awesome. And then the second one we have is Coalition for Rainforest Nations. And they do a lot of rainforest uh, protection, so they're fighting to stop deforestation. And then also um, they are working with countries to give them a voice to protect the rainforests, especially countries that are less responsible for the climate crisis. So it gives them a voice. And the last one that we've been partnered with is Sunrise Movement, which empowers youth to be at the forefront of political change and pushing a Green New Deal forward and a lot of youth activism. But something that we're actually working on is, we love Sunrise Movement, they do great work, but we're thinking of just subbing in a different uh, organization so that we can just kind of help someone else as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we found another great uh, organization, it's called Land Needs Guardians, and it's another youth-empowered organization that uh, works with youth in the community to get them involved to become leaders and it especially works with using art as a mode of sustainability which is directly in line with what we do. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So where can people find you and um, to donate? Do you have a specific, is it on your website somewhere? Yes, so we have a link on our website that will go to our donation page. We are a fiscally sponsored project, so we don't have nonprofit status, but being fiscally sponsored allows people to make donations to us that are still tax deductible. So on our website, that link will take you to our fiscal sponsor page and you can donate directly. Sometimes we'll have donation campaigns, so we did one that was really successful and you could make a donation of over a certain amount and you would get to choose a mug that someone oh, cool. handcrafted. And so we do those periodically with different items, and I think it's a great way to incentivize donations a little bit. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about one of the first projects that you did and also the process of coming up with the projects that you did with all the people working together? The first big project that we worked on was our Art to Action film, which we repeated a second year. and. That film was a challenge because it involved many people across many different time zones, but it was really cool to see people's creative visions come to light in there. And doing it a second year, we were able to fine-tune our process a little bit, so we were able to, I think, elevate the quality and standard of work. And both of those films, we've. Uh, both of those films we've submitted into different film festivals, so a lot of our films have been shown in different film festivals across the country. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been very exciting. We just had an in-person film festival screening in Seattle of two of our films, and then one in Gimli, Manitoba for an international film festival there. Wow. Yeah, it's been, been exciting to see growth as we're going.
Yeah, you're kind of spreading your message all over the world. Yeah. Which is amazing. So, were there any challenges that you experienced when you were starting or even now? Yeah, I think as helpful as it is being so spread out and having such a big reach, it does make it difficult to coordinate things and communicate. I don't think there's ever been a time when we've all been in the same time zone to have meetings, so there's lots of lots of working at odd hours and Zoom meetings, but it's been good. I think we all have very different perspectives and ideas, so it's it's been a nice collaboration of, of people, collaboration of thoughts, and collaboration of art. That's awesome. What do you see for the future of Artist Climate Collective? Well, we're working on a few things right now. I think the big thing that we're working towards is we'd like to do a live performance. And so we're in the preliminary stages of that, but we're working on finding a venue that would be able to support us and would be in line with our goals. And then the next step from there is finding dancers and artists that are available and interested in performing and creating work for it. Ideally, you want to do this performance with as low of uh, carbon emissions as possible. So we're trying to focus on local artists, wherever that may be, and doing things to make it as sustainable as possible. We'd love to have like an outdoor space. I think the space for Orsolina would just be beautiful, but be not quite local. So yeah. <laughs> maybe not for now, but but we'd love to find like a, like a beautiful outdoor setting that could be a backdrop for our pieces. Um, and then yeah, finding artists, things that we'd like to do if possible would be to carbon offset the whole experience just to make it net zero. Um, yeah, so that is our biggest upcoming project. Still, still a little far away, but things that we're working towards. We have a gallery art space in the San Francisco area that we're partnering with to show off some different artists at different points. So that will be coming up and we'll definitely be promoting that on our Instagram. So definitely follow along so you can see what we're doing. We are also partnering with Imperfect Points. I don't know if you Yeah, remember. the sustainable tights. Yeah, so we're working with a few different companies to try and get those as an option for the tights that the company provides. So that's been really exciting because you can, they're made of recycled materials, but they're also recyclable themselves. Cool. Yeah, and then we're also planning a giveaway with her. So definitely follow her Instagram to stay up to date about when that's happening and what is involved. And we're also in the process of releasing another film, which won't be part of our Art to Action like film festival. It'll just be a single release film, and proceeds of this will probably help go towards our in-person showing. That's a lot of amazing things up on the horizon. Yes, lots, lots of things to keep us busy and be working on, but all exciting things. Yeah. What is something about the dance world that you wish was more environmentally friendly? Besides the tights? I think everything. <laughs> um, I think it's hard because dance is already kind of a niche, difficult area to break into. So I think sustainability is not always at the forefront of companies' minds, dancers' minds. 
but I think ultimately everyone will benefit from it. In a place like Orsolina in Italy, it's an outdoor dance space that's on a farm, and sustainability is, or it was created with sustainability in mind. And I think when sustainability is convenient, people will opt to do it. We live in a very convenient-centered world, and so I think the easier we can make sustainability for individuals, for companies, the more likely it will be for people to utilize it. So, I mean, it looks different for every company and for everyone, but I think the more people can advocate for pushing for that, the better it'll be, whether that's um, high efficiency lighting in theaters, reusing costumes, like there's so many, so much material wasted in garments, and there are so many costumes out there, I think we can probably do better at recycling and reusing different costumes for different pieces. Yeah, and I feel like also a huge thing that for me, it's been a, I feel like it's kind of a waste, is point shoes. Yeah. Like, they die so quickly. Now I switch to Gainer Mindens, mm -hmm. which don't die as fast. But I feel like that's a huge thing too. People are just throwing it in the trash. And I always felt so guilty throwing it in the trash because I feel like maybe it couldn't be reused somehow. Yeah, I the material's stripped or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I also always feel strange just putting point shoes in the garbage. Yeah. Maybe one day there'll be a solution. Yeah. I've seen people making 3D point shoes mm -hmm. that don't die or something like that. Or now even so dank, Danka, Dansa, whatever it's called, they have the removable shank. So if it oh. dies, you can put a different shank in. Oh, interesting. Which is I interesting. I actually have those shoes. Um, they're they're interesting. Yeah. They're not my favorite because yeah. the shank is it, it's a little loose inside of there. Oh. So I like the gainer mint mm -hmm. better. But yeah, as someone who wore Freeds for many years, just having it die and then being like, okay, yeah. what do I do with this? Yeah. Um, but I also, I like brands. I think Yumiko is starting to become sustainable in a way. Uh, but for me, I think that it's a good investment with those leotards because they last a long time. So then you don't have to throw it away. Yeah. You don't have to, or I like to donate, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I feel like donating or like swapping with other people is such a great way to refresh your wardrobe without actually adding more to it. Because I think also with dance wear, it's fun to say trendy and whatnot, but like how many leotards does someone actually need? I know I definitely have more than I need, per se. Yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think that's a good idea. I mean, do you have any tips for, I think this could be a tip, but tips for dancers to become more sustainable in their daily lives? Um, yeah, I think that would be one. Some companies have a swap box, I know, that you can, if you're bored of a leotard, you can put it in there and find one in there to take out. And So I think that's a great way to kind of keep things interesting. As well, trying to recycle and you know, be as green as possible. I'm trying to start uh, introducing, or another thing I'm interested in doing is using the Imperfect Points recycle program, because I don't think it's specific to Imperfect Points. You can recycle all your tights through this program. So maybe setting up boxes around the city for people to drop off their 
polytypes that would otherwise just be garbage and just setting boxes up and then periodically when they get full mailing them to that recycling program. And That's amazing. That sounds so nice. Especially at places like Steps mm -hmm. here in New York yeah. and uh, maybe in another state, uh, the local dance studio. Yeah, and maybe trying to company. reach out to people and suggest that they can do that. Yeah, that sounds good. And then also reusable water bottle. Reusable water bottle, cutting down on single-use utensils. Again, with Orselina, they didn't have any single-use utensils. They didn't have any plastic. It was all, you needed to bring your own water bottle. And I think that just reinforces needing to be sustainable. It's yeah. When it's not an option, you can't use like a plastic cup or a plastic water bottle. Yeah, that's really nice. So how can dancers and other people get involved with Artist Climate Collective? Well, there's a few different things you can do. Firstly, following along on our journey, sharing stuff that you find interesting or impactful personally. That's, that's super helpful because we're still very small and very young and we want to reach as many people as possible. Uh, dancers are kind of our base right now because it's who we know, it's the people that we're in community with. But really we want to get beyond that. We want to start having conversations with people who don't agree with us. We want, to, we want to reach people and get our art to move people who maybe wouldn't share the same views as us. So if you see something that inspires you, have a conversation with, with someone who may not share the same opinion and try to talk to them and show them art, show them personality and maybe they'll change their mind on something. Maybe they'll come to agree with you on something and I think building networks and community is is what we do at Artist Climate Collective and whether that's directly with us or with people in your community I think that's really important to move forward. That sounds amazing. Yeah so where can people find you on the internet on Instagram and also Artist Climate Collective so that we can follow your journey? We're on Instagram at Artist Climate Collective we have a website you can follow for, we have different blog posts on there from the past, different projects that we've collaborated if you want to see what we've done so far. We also have an email if, if there's anything that you ever feel like would be a great fit for us. We always encourage people to share stuff. Um, yeah, I think. I think that's it. That's awesome. Well, don't forget to follow Artist Climate Collective and to stay up to date with their journey and all of the upcoming projects. And don't forget to follow Dancer Talks. And my name is McCall Sheets. This is Madeline Bez. And I hope to see you for the next episode of Dancer Talks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Madeline, Thanks for, for having me. me. Dancer Talks.